We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Welcome, Notre Dame fans, to another edition of the Irish Breakdown Podcast. We're going to talk a little recruiting today. My name is Brian Driscoll. I'm the publisher at irishbreakdown.com, and I'm joined today by my guy, Brian Smith, and we are going to talk cornerback recruiting. We're going to talk about the 2021 cornerback recruiting class, Brian. And when we went into this cycle, cornerback was a huge need for Notre Dame. And the big question mark was, you've got a brand-new cornerbacks coach in Mike Mickens. COVID had started in less than a month after he got hired, so he couldn't go on the road. And so you're asking yourself, how's this first-year coach who came from Cincinnati possibly going to to hit a home run at corner or even have a good class at corner, much less hit a home run? Lo and behold, December signing period comes, and Notre Dame signs one of its best recruiting classes, cornerback recruiting classes in over a decade. So we're going to talk about that class. So let's just begin, Brian, with just your overall impressions of this 2021 cornerback recruiting class, which, of course, we consider it to be Philip Riley, Ryan Barnes, JoJo Johnson, and Chance Tucker. Just overall, this class as a whole, you know, what are your thoughts on this group, Brian? What's unique about it is you get all three positions, the slot corner, the boundary corner, and the field corner covered. Let's be honest. There is no other position beyond corner that Notre Dame struggles to recruit, consistently Mm -hmm. speaking. So for them to get all three spots – It's huge. And as you noted, this was the number one priority in the class, regardless of position. So getting position flexibility and guys that can move to safety if you needed to as well was very, very important. I'm I'm just glad that they got the balance Mm because most of Notre Dame's corners can't play the field spot. They don't have Mm -hmm. enough speed. 
JoJo, I think, is the most underrated player in the class. I'll talk a little more about that in a minute. But when you get guys like that that have raw skill and you get the coaching that Mickens can throw in, it's tremendous. So very impressed with this cornerback class. I think the fact that it's four different guys is important. As you mentioned, you know, you've got the yeah. long, rangy, uh, athletic, but maybe not a burner type in Ryan Barnes. You've got the physical, ready to play the second he steps foot on campus from a physicality strength standpoint in Philip Riley, who could really play all three spots in different ways. You've got the underrated speed guy in JoJo Johnson. And then you kind of got the kid in Chance Tucker, who I don't think his game film matches his track speed, but he's also probably the most sound he's the best play to me the the plays the ball better than any of the other four three corners in the class so you have this versatility you have guys who could play safety if you're if you need to you could really have all four of these guys on the field at the same time that's you know why, and that's rare that's yeah why it's, it's great, rare right notre dame usually let's be honest they'll get one guy a year mm -hmm. that is really going to play mm -hmm. i'll be shocked barring injury if at least two aren't starters at some point yeah. and probably three yeah, no, and especially as you move to these defenses that are using more defensive backs. And Absolutely. Notre Dame's been Absolutely. very lucky the last few years. You had Drew Tranquil, who was a, a, an every-down rover in 2017. Then you, in 2019 and 2020, you had Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. Those guys are rare, those three-down linebacker nickel-type players. Yeah, You're going to you need – you can't. Yeah. And and that's why you you can't just assume that Isaiah Pryor and Paul Mawal and Jack Kaiser are just going to fill that role. You're going to need that fifth DB element, and they've been fortunate to have a guy like Jeremiah Wusu Kormo the last couple of years. He's gone, so you're going to need that fifth guy coming from the secondary and being able to land a four man corner class. And I also think it was important to get to get Kerry G at the very end of oh, of yeah. that class at safety because now you don't have to move any of those players at corner to safety right away. And I think that was important because if you don't land G, I think you would have almost had to take either Barnes or Riley away from corner just to fill the depth chart at safety. So that was big as well. So when you look at this class, Brian, you know, you could go a lot of different ways as far as evaluating it. But when you rank it, who was your top guy in this class at corner? I liked Riley because he can play three spots, boundary, he could move to one of the safety spots, and he could also play the spot that I think he'll end up at long-term, and that's that rover slash star, depending on what scheme you're in, what they call it, where he can play in the slot, he can blitz, he can be kind of a mini linebacker. He's the mm -hmm. most physical corner I've ever scouted. Mm -hmm. um, there were multiple times in games he would engage with a guy, physically pick him up off the ground and throw him. And this is Florida high school football, mm -hmm. not just a bunch of punks. So. And he plays in a in a good. Oh, yeah. I mean, you, you've seen him play oh, against yeah. Mario Williams. I mean, oh, the yeah. the, the Hall, yeah. to, to Alabama star player, right? And right. He, and he did really, really well every right. week where I live. I don't care if you're playing a team that goes two and eight. There's a receiver on the other side mm -hmm. that will play college football. Yeah. Period. Th there's somebody on the other sideline that's going to be going to college for free. There, yeah. There's no question about it. It's no, insane. No I, I live in Tampa, for those who don't know, and this area is just loaded with skill guys. So mm -hmm. there are no off weeks. And Riley was fearful of nobody. He had better games mm -hmm. certain weeks than others. But you're not going to win every battle, and I think that also helps mm -hmm. him because he's not going to walk in thinking, I'm just going to dominate. And then when he gets beat by somebody this fall camp, and he will, he's going to come right back, and he's not going to care. Right. 
after going against a Jai Hall every day in practice this past year, I guarantee you he got smoked several times. That mm-hmm. guy is a five-star talent that went to sign mm-hmm. with Alabama, and that was on his same high school team. So it's going to help him. I, I just don't know where he'll play immediately. Riley's the hardest one to figure out what they're going to do with him right now. And that's a so, that's a good thing because it's more of a he can help you so many places. Which one do you want to start him out at? And, and I think what they're going to do is start him at the boundary. I think they'll start him and Barnes both at the boundary and see who's most comfortable there right away. And then I think you'll see right one right. of them move somewhere else as one of them separates is what I think that we'll see we'll see them do. Barnes was my top guy and it was close. I mean, I think there was about on my grading scale like a three point difference out of six hundred and eighty plus like a three-point difference. For me, <laughs> the reason I went with Barnes is simply because I think he's a better pure cover player. I think that's the difference for me. I think that Riley can do more. I think Riley could go to safety and be a three-year starter if he wanted oh, to, agree. if he needed I him agree. to. Barnes could eventually maybe play safety, but I don't think that projection is quite as good as it is a corner for him. So as far as a pure corner, a pure, a pure outside corner, I I went with Barnes. I think he's a very fluid athlete. I know you and I are both high on him, and there's a reason Clemson and schools like that were going oh, after yeah. Ryan Barnes. Very fluid, long ball skills. He's a very good football player. I think he's one of those guys that would have seen his ranking skyrocket this past year if it wasn't for COVID canceling Maryland or Maryland choosing because of COVID to cancel their their high school season this year because he's a guy that um, he's an extremely talented player as well. And just landing those two alone would have made this a strong class. Agreed. And then you add, you know, it, it's funny if you if you're going to go off recruiting rankings, and if you're someone who obsesses about three star, four star, five star, if you're someone who rec- you know cares about offer lists or whatever, th- this next guy we're going to talk about is probably not going to blow you away. But Brian, the minute he got offered, you and I were immediately in contact, like love this offer, and that's JoJo Johnson. I Absolutely. you had mentioned you think he's the biggest sleeper in the class. I agree. I don't even think it's close. I think this is a kid that, you know, you you and I have both seen him on film. I've seen him in person. This is one of the more athletic corners that Notre Dame has signed. It really, I think, I would probably say since Troy Pride in 2016 and Julian Love in 2016. I think this is the most athletic cover player. that Now, he's got a lot to learn about playing corner. He was a guy that was a receiver most of his career, uh, was recruited initially to play receiver in college. And you know who it's funny is the staff that convinced him to play corner was Marcus Freeman's staff at Cincinnati. And that's why he committed to Cincinnati because they convinced him that he was a better defensive player. And then of course, Marcus Freeman, Ah, Marcus Freeman ends up at Notre Dame. So it's a, it's a very interesting deal. So, and great kid, Notre Dame fit as a young man, but this kid, Brian can flat out run. That's why I like him so much. As, as I mentioned earlier, at field corner, and that's to the wide side, either you can run or you can't. There's no place to hide, you know. And mm-hmm. every team in the top ten in the country anymore has at least one track kid playing out wide. And they, they don't have to make it very complicated with the big arms in college football. You know, one pump fake, the safety's out of position or something. Your corner's not there. It's six. It's Notre Dame has just struggled to get that guy. You could make the argument. He's the most important guy in the class mm-hmm. from an upside because who else is going to play it that's a burner? They don't have one. I mean, he's it. Tucker, yeah. like you said, is a technique guy, and he's, he's been really well coached, but he doesn't have the sheer speed. And that's, you know, again, mm-hmm. we've got different skill sets all over the mm-hmm. place with this group. Which I love. The, the Tucker one is interesting because his track times are excellent. He's been timed at 10-7 in the 100-meter dash. 
That's which good. is really good. I just don't see that translate on film. And he's another guy that I was really looking forward to seeing as a senior. Cause I, you know, he's, oh, he's yeah. one of those guys, Brian, that when you first watch him, it, it, it doesn't, you know, like when you first pop on Isaiah Foskey, you're like, yeah, that guy's a future NFL football player. You just see the size and you know, it, it doesn't take yeah, very easy. many clips to be like, you got to sign that guy. Then there's those guys that the first time you watch, you're like, eh, you know, he's all right. He's a night. And then you watch it again. And then you watch it again. By the fourth or fifth time I'm watching through Chance Tucker's film, I'm like, man, I really like this kid. This kid can really play. And if his track speed, if his track speed is legit and it shows up on the football field, he could be a guy that ends up being a big sleeper in this class too. Because you mentioned he's a skinny kid, but he's physical. His technique is sound. And his ball skill, he plays the ball as well in the air as any corner that Notre Dame has signed in a long time. And that's saying something because Ryan Barnes was that guy before Chance Tucker signed. And that's what, another thing that I really like about this skill set. And he's a tough kid. Even though he's skinny, he's a tough kid. He's another one that could eventually you know, play in the slot, play it as a, as a nickel safety Very or something true. like that. He brings a lot of versatility. And there's been a lot of years in Notre Dame's recruiting efforts a corner where Chance Tucker's your first or second best cornerback. And now we're talking about whether he's third or fourth in this class. And I just think that this is a class that Notre Dame needed, Brian. And I don't think there's one you could have taken away. I mean, you really need it all four because of that versatility that they bring to the table. Well, when you go up against a team that runs a true four wide with no tight ends, all four of these guys would right. have a skill set. Right. You could put all of them on the field at one time. Mm-hmm. Even Alabama doesn't normally get that. Mm-mm. And I'm not saying they were going to offer JoJo. They don't usually go down that far, but they do take some athletes sometimes too. And if you don't have speed, you don't have versatility, the length that you talked about, you can't match up across the board. Right. And Notre Dame finally has a slot corner possibility with JoJo or him, depending on how the other team runs it. Because every team's mm-hmm. a little different with how they run four wide. Mm-hmm. So Notre Dame can mix and match and at least gives them a chance. Mm-hmm. Defenses are going to be behind the eight ball forever now, the way the systems are set up. There's no way around it. So you just got to out-athlete people. Mm-hmm. That is not a problem. Athleticism is definitely a bonus with this group. And you mentioned being able to mix and match depending on who you're playing. And, and, and let's kind of draw that out for what we're talking about. When you play a spread team like North Carolina, North oh, Carolina yeah. can spread and throw it, but they're going to run it at you. They've got yes. two backs that you're going to run that for 1,000 yards. That's the week where you want that Philip Riley player in the nickel. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. Then you go play USC a week later, and they're a pure air raid team that if oh. they only run it eight times in a game, they're they're fine with that. That may be a game where you want more of a JoJo Johnson in the slot. And and that's the whole point is the fact that you have these unique skill sets allows you as a position coach and as a defensive coordinator to say we're gonna mix and match based on what we're playing this week. And a lot of times you you haven't – look, Nick Nick uh, McLeod did some really nice things for Notre Dame this year. He could play one position in this defense, and that was boundary corner. That was it. Trent Bracey, when his head is on straight, is a very good cover player, but he can really only play one position in this defense, and that's field safe, field corner. The, you're bringing in four guys that project to play at least two spots because I think JoJo could also be a slot corner. You mentioned the, being the field guy. I think that's the ideal position for yeah, him. But move, if, he if he's not it. your number one guy or if you want to move him inside for a game and then you know slide someone else to that field corner position because you're playing a team that's just going to th- throw the ball all over the yard, then I think he fits there too. So I think that positional flexibility is so important, not just 
to meet needs in an otherwise thin depth chart. But more importantly, when we're talking about how do you match up against the best teams in the country? Because even though Notre Dame doesn't run that kind of offense, everybody else that's competing for championships does. And you have to have is a big step in that direction when you talk about just the four corners, but then in overall the six uh, safety, six defensive backs that they signed, period, when you throw in Kerry G and Justin Walters. Two guys that could also be sort of that nickel player when you're playing in North Carolina, a team that wants to you know be more balanced. That sure. is a, a in a 4-2-5 or a 3-3-5. They can play that position as well. So I absolutely love the versatility of this entire class, but it really starts at corner, and it was absolutely needed. I'm glad that they got the balance and what you're talking about with G and what you're talking about with Walters. Both those guys will tackle, and they mm -hmm. can both play downhill. I mean, the, the options are endless, and it's one mm -hmm. of the reasons I think that Riley will end up in some capacity playing safety or nickel because mm -hmm. the other corners are pretty good, and they can really mix and match their blitz packages, mm -hmm. how they want to play man based on who you use at SWAT. They can move every, every week. They can essentially have a different defense based on where they put guys. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, it sounds that way. It's really not a huge difference, but it's the know. same defense. It's different personnel. Yeah, you, you know, they're going to run the same schemes, but if you, yeah, but if it's you, really not for them. Right, it's not for the stands. players right. exactly. Because if you're playing a team that has a a, a shifty slot guy that oh, they're yeah. going to throw it to, you don't necessarily want a safety body there. You don't want Kerry yeah. G to play there. Let's because what Notre Dame ultimately wants to do, whether they're four two five or three three five. They ultimately want to have their fit, their five be actually five DBs. Notre Dame has basically been four three personnel. Notre Dame's run a four two five for four years, but they've lined up and except for 2018 when they didn't have a rover really, uh, they were a four three defense essentially. They were a four three personnel that lined up with a four two look essentially is what they were. Correct. And now they want to be a true five man secondary. And so sometimes, like you said, sometimes that's going to be a safety body. Sometimes that's going to have to be a corner body. And I think we've seen Marcus Freeman show some versatility there. Corner sometimes, safety other times. And, and I think he's going to have, with those long rangey guys like G and Walters, you're going to have some really unique weapons to use there at that position. So uh, big year was needed, and a big year is what they got. Let's talk a little bit about the coach here for a second. because I Absolutely. I don't think – I don't think we can we can express enough how impressive the job Mike Mickens has done. And and we'll get into 2022 here over the next week. We'll talk about the 2022 class cuz you look at the board he's put together in 2022. It's if he can close in 2022 like he did in 2021, it's going to be another impressive class, but he had everything working against him. He had he, he was never he never was True. able to get on the road. Mike Mickens has yet to be able to go on the road and recruit for Notre Dame because he was here less than a month. <laughs> That's true. When That's COVID true. shut down, he, it's literally been in a dead period for almost all but a few weeks of his time at Notre Dame. And for him to go, they weren't in the mix with Philip Riley and Ryan Barnes when he got hired. He got them in the mix with him. They weren't in the mix for JoJo. I mean, they knew of JoJo, JoJo Camp two years before, but they weren't recruiting him. You know, Chance Tucker, all those guys were, were not players that Notre Dame was in the mix for other than maybe having had offered before he got hired. So it wasn't right. like you could look at like the 2019 offensive line class where when Jeff Quinn got hired, Notre Dame already led for all four of the guys they end up getting. You know, when you look at uh, Quinn, Christophic, Zeke Carell, and John Olmstead, this was a situation where he had to start from basically zero and was still able to go get guys that had offers from Clemson, Florida, 
you know, top programs in the SEC in the Atlantic Coast Conference. And to be able to get them without being able to get on the road is really impressive. And then it's, to keep adding to the class as well. It's unique, especially with what you mentioned, combined with the fact that Notre Dame is a private school in a mid-sized town, very far away from all those kids except for JoJo. Mm-hmm. As I've told people my whole life, you can only explain a private school like Northwestern or Duke or Notre Dame to somebody to a certain level. You have to physically go to the campus. Except for Riley and JoJo. Riley's family, they, they flew up once. But the other kids, I mean, it's like not Barnes the same. had been on campus, but it wasn't it was, an official yeah. visit. You know, it's yeah, like him and his family checking it out. Yeah. You know, it's, that's all that they could really do. When you don't get to meet with Notre Dame's full academic staff, that's a big sell for Notre Dame. Let's not kid mm-hmm. ourselves. They sell parents more than they mm-hmm. do the prospects because prospects would rather go somewhere else nine times out of ten. It's not as fun, whatever right. it may be. They didn't get to do that. Mm-hmm. They want and this, and this is the point I always end up saying on one of your podcasts. Recruits, especially the elite guys, they sign with the coach far mm-hmm. more often than they do the institution, Notre Dame or otherwise. Mickens is going the to top get players, the guys. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's just true. Uh, I know a lot of Notre Dame fans don't want to hear that, but it, it's just the way it is. And that's why getting Mickens, especially, especially since he coaches corner where Notre Dame stinks mm-hmm. at recruiting usually, is very, very important. Because every year now I expect him to get at least one guy. Mm-hmm. Go, hey, man, this – this guy's got a chance to play in the National Football League, period. I think you just made a great point, too, is at least, that at least one guy. That's another reason why this class was so important. Because you got four guys that can play. Yeah. And again, it's it's one thing to get four guys, but if, none, if two of them can't play and they're just depth fillers, then it doesn't yeah. mean anything. These Call are four guys that can flat out play, Absolutely. right? Yeah. You're now in a position moving forward where you don't have to sign four guys anymore. You give me two players a year, that's all you need. You're, this four-man class, if they can keep it together, and even if one of them moves, you're still in a position because you signed three kids last year, and I think one of them proved he can play, Clarence Lewis, Ramon Henderson, you know, still. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Has some, there's some things I like about him, Caleb offered. You're in a position now where, where numbers is no longer an issue for you. It's now about finding impact players. Thank so you. now he can have this big class, but he only needs to land one of those top players a year. And then you find your second guy, which, which you know, if you can get two impact, great, but you really only need the one. You had one player like that a year. And so now you can focus on if you only land a Toriano Pride or if you only land a Jaden Gold, you're, you're set. 
I mean, you're set because of how good this class is and the job he did in year one. That foundation he set in year one is going to uh, allow him to be more zeroed in on the top group as he moves forward as a recruiter. The economy is made up of real people doing real stuff, and it affects everything, which you obviously know since you're a real person doing real stuff. Marketplace is here to help you get smart about everything beyond the what of the day's business and economic news. We dig into the how and the why with the real people driving our economy. From big tech and interest rates to small businesses and what's happening at the Fed, Marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to. Listen to Marketplace wherever you get your podcasts. Well, if you look at it this way, if you take, say, the top four or five teams beyond Notre Dame in college football, what's the one position they usually do better than Notre Dame? It's corner, Oklahoma being the one you could – Obviously, their defense has been really bad. But Clemson, Ohio State, and Alabama, they almost always have a guy every single year that will be drafted at corner in the first three rounds. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Yeah. It's just straight-up talent. Yeah. I mean, that it's recruiting slash talent. And I Notre think Dame's got to do better. Yeah, they have to do better. Not once have you said, and I am not saying, that Notre Dame's just always going to struggle at corner. Because corner was a position that Notre Dame sh- – was did well in when Charlie Weiss was the head coach. I mean, you got Darren Walls one year, Gary Gray the next, Robert Blanton, you know, you had Rashawn McNeil. They got plenty. I mean, I've always said if if Charlie if Brian Kelly could recruit like Charlie Weiss did, but he Brian Kelly's a way better coach. But if he could recruit or tried to recruit like Charlie Weiss did, it's it's scary to think about what this team could do. And the perfect example is is corner. Oh, you can't recruit top corners. You can't recruit Southern kids. You can't recruit kids with Clemson Bologna. offers. They, you, oh, you can't recruit, recruit public school kids. I believe Chance Tucker is the only private school kid in this group, right? Is it, Riley's a public school kid, correct? Mm-hmm. Uh, Ryan Barnes is a public school kid. And JoJo is a public school kid. So there goes that narrative. You know, came in year it's, one, beat right. out top programs. And from what I'm told, Clemson wanted Ryan Barnes. R- Philip Riley, they were still kind of getting involved with, but they definitely wanted Ryan Barnes from everything I'm told. So it's an impressive deal, and it, it's kind of like running back. It just goes to show that if you have a coach that has the personality, the work ethic, correct, and the ability to sell, you're going to get players. And that's just something that Notre Dame hasn't had enough of at corner. And if it wasn't for that one 2016 class, the Notre Dame cornerback position would be would have been much weaker than it has been even this this year, where it was it was well coached, but it was there's no future top three round NFL players. We don't know if any of these guys are going to be top three round picks, but there's guys that we could say, yeah, if 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 this 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 happens, yeah, he's a high pick. He could be a high pick, well, and that's just something they haven't had a lot of. Seventeen and eighteen, those two classes really didn't turn out. And Seventeen mm-hmm. technically didn't have a corner which is an absolute no-no for any program, especially Notre Dame. They went Not from Elijah gonna... Hicks, Paulson Adebo, and Thomas Graham as a silent commit to nothing in that class. That's it's the just... worst turnaround in one class in my lifetime. Yeah, because that's who they had committed in that class. Adebo Correct. was a public commit. Hicks was a public commit. They were all multi-year starters in the Pac-12, and Thomas Graham is now considered a top three-round pick. They had him as a silent commit and lost him because of the 2016 season. But, yeah, and then 2018 – you had three corners. Tariq Bracey's the only one left. You know, yeah. Noah Boykin was gone in a year. DJ Brown moved to safety, which is where I mean, so it's been a it's been a struggle at corner. And then Mickens comes in in year one and just does a great job. Let's talk a little bit about how this class stacks up, Brian. Sure. And you one of the things we you and I discussed before the show was 
how does this class stack up? Because there haven't been a lot of great cornerback classes at Notre Dame. Uh, <laughs> no, we not. did not we did not count T. Shepard as part of the 2020 class, even though they signed him because he he was gone in less than a semester. So yeah, we're we're really just kind of talking yeah. about and we're yeah and we're looking at it from the standpoint of how they were as recruits, not how they turned out to be as players. And here's Brian and I's rankings of those top three classes. So Brian, we agreed on one and two. The 2016 class was the Julian Love, Troy Pride, Dante Vaughn class. I graded them all out as four stars. You were very high on those guys coming out of high school. Uh, that was an outstanding cornerback class. This class, to me, is just behind it. If and The only reason it's just behind it is because I don't – I'm a little bit more certain of the third guy at Notre, at, in that class having been a guy that could play as opposed to this one from a recruiting standpoint. Correct. And then where we disagreed was – 2000 you had 2019 and that because you at the time felt cam hart was a better corner so when you talk about that you're actually including cam hart in that conversation with isaiah rutherford right. and kj wallace which to me would have been my number four class barely i went with 2015 because sean crawford before the injuries oh, was, he was an outstanding really good. corner prospect yeah. i liked nick coleman nick coleman ended up being a two-year starter at notre dame uh, I liked him, and I thought Ashton White could be a good depth guy. He had some injuries that kept him from getting to that point. But I really liked that 2015 corner class. Um, but I, I, it's one of those ones where I, Cam Hart, I viewed more as a receiver. You viewed him as more as a corner, and that's where the difference of opinion for us comes to. But, of course, now Cam Hart's playing corner. So you were right on that one. Uh, and he's a guy that I had as a potential breakout player this year. So, you know, that's kind of where we have it. How close was it for you, Brian, to have this class number one? Because I was I was back and forth on it for a little bit. I, it wasn't an easy decision for me. The only thing that kept me from it is I, I just thought that and he didn't end up being the greatest guy. I thought Dante Vaughn was going to be an NFL player. Mm -hmm. And he just never got any better well, after about his sophomore year. He just was thing is, he's on, a, he's on an NFL roster right now. That's I mean, he made it the whole year with the Chargers. I mean, he was on their 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 uh, practice squad all year. He so, which, when you profile. consider how little he played at Notre Dame, that's impressive. I mean, that says a lot about his talent. To your point, you Six know, two and a quarter and about two ten and can play corner. Mm -hmm. That is not normal. So mm -hmm. they will they will do everything in their power to coach him up. I'm sure he gets more leeway because of the position mm -hmm. he plays. So. Mm -hmm. But yeah, they got three guys in that class. They had the physical skill. To play, I mean, 16, I didn't think was that hard once you considered him. Um, I'm a little surprised. I didn't know he made it all year with the Chargers. I'm glad mm -hmm. you mentioned that. Yep. Good for him, by yep. the way. Yep. But uh, that that's an incredible group. Uh, Pride, obviously, could fly. I was really – he was the only guy of the three that I didn't know because he was mm -hmm. a track kid. Sometimes mm -hmm. those guys don't play yeah. physically enough. He was, a, he, was a, he was a track guy that had to learn how to play football, which yeah. is why, as a true freshman, he was third of those three. You know, and honestly, Dante Vaughn was the best of the true freshmen. I mean, as far as making plays on the ball, uh, he ended up finishing his career. I thought he played well in 20, uh, 20, his last year in 2019 as well. I think injuries and lack of confidence hurt him in 2017 to 2018. Uh, but I thought he ended his career on a solid note. But as a prospect, Dante Vaughn was a guy that I, I mean, he was a an excellent player in Memphis playing against good competition. Well, he was a uh, Whitehaven, if I remember yeah, right. Correct. You're not correct. playing against punks. You're, mm -hmm. you're playing against guys you can move. You're playing against dudes. Yeah, there's no question. So, you know, and all three of them right now are on NFL rosters. I mean, that's that's the thing about it. And that's not surprising, you know, for, for what we thought they could be. And I think this class has a chance to do that. Now, will any of them be a unanimous all-american or consensus all-american like julian love i mean who who knows 
But as prospects, I think this class was right on right on the heels of that class. And I really had to do some back and forth on it. But I think it says a lot about Mike Mickens that his very first class is a class that it's well, let me let me rephrase. It says a lot about Mike Mickens and also about how mediocre Notre Dame's cornerback recruiting has been. That's true that as well. He's, he's been able to do. I mean, if you think about some of the years in 2011, it was Jalen Brown and Josh Atkinson. You know, and then after that, it was a lot of those strong one man. It was Cole Luke in 2013, Kavari Russell in 2012. When he was really recruited to play running back. He just and got it was, forced into it. Right, yeah. T. Shepard got booted after less than a semester at Notre Dame, and then uh, Low Wood got hurt, and they moved him to corner. So when he signed, he wasn't even a corner. 2013, Cole Luke was a top prospect. 14, Nick Watkins was a top prospect. And then 15, you had Sean Crawford as a top prospect. Then a couple guys that you hoped would pan out, and, and Nick Coleman and National White, one did, one didn't, and panned out to a degree. Nick, Nick Coleman started two years, but he started two years at safety, not corner. Right. So it was really it was really shaky, and then you had the great 2016 class. And if you don't sign all three of those guys in 2016, then Notre Dame Notre Dame would have been in, in some trouble these last few years. And then it's been it's been hit or miss, and and a lot of miss. I, I still think I still think that 2020 class would have would have been an interesting one had Landon Bartleson not got in trouble. That changed their fortunes for yeah. the wrong. Uh, just, yeah. It is what it is. Because he, he was that athlete. He was Brian. He was, I mean, we both talked, we talked about this oh, time. He was an athlete. I mean, cut. he was a guy. Maybe oh, he gosh. didn't couldn't pan out because he had a lot to learn. He was raw. But I mean, athletically, that was everything you wanted in a corner. Size, athleticism. He just, you know, obviously was made poor decisions. But this class they needed to pan out. And now they they need to fill up, you know, fill out it, fill it out with another strong one to two man class next year. And and, uh, you know, you and I will we'll get together here soon and we'll have more at irishbreakdown.com talking about the 2022 board. I talked about it a little bit in my midweek musings last week. There's really five or six guys that have separated early as top guys. But the thing I like about the staff is they just offered another kid from Mississippi tonight who's a top 100 player. They're not done adding to the board. And that's what I love about this staff. They're going into Mississippi, Louisiana, Florida, Georgia. They're offering kids that are committed to Ohio State. This staff, this defensive staff with no Marcus Freeman and Mike Mickens, they are not going to back down. And look, they're going to not land the majority of the kids they're going after. But the whole point that we've always said is you don't need to land them all. You just you need, need to get to one. Get that one guy. That's it. That's it. And you get one, you get one difference maker in the front seven, and one difference maker in the secondary every year. And we're not talking about good players; we're talking about difference makers. That's going to start getting you to that next level. And and starting to get them in some positions. And now, if they can get start getting more corner consistently, it's going to certainly change the fortunes. Because you've you've made this point time and time again, Brian. To really truly compete for national championship, you have to have athletes on the outside, not good solid players. That can beat beat most of the ACC teams that you play. You need to have the guys that that Alabama's like. Hmm, we have to worry about them. And the only year that Notre Dame has had that is 2018. And I've 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 talked about this before, uh, talking to people that are connected to to Clemson and, and different people. That was the best defense. That, that was the defense they were most concerned about that year was the Notre Dame defense because of the secondary. It was one of the best secondaries in the country, and it's, and it was because of the corners. Well, that came from one class, and both of those guys are in the NFL right now and playing a lot in the NFL right now. So you have to have those kind of athletes on the outside. I don't care if they're three stars like Julian Love or top 100 guys. You just need athletes that can that have the, the skills to become difference makers. And when you did your breakdown, Brian, some of the guys you talked about were five stars, and some of them were three stars. It's just about getting the athletes. 
Well, they have a guy that's proven in Mike Mickens that he can take a raw kid mm-hmm. and turn him into something. The, I believe his name's Gardner, the kid that went yeah, to Yeah, Ahmad Gardner. And, yep. Did and had a true freshman nobody. on the all all Mac team at Bowling Green, right. a kid named Mick, Nick Johnson. Yeah. Well, Gardner was from Detroit. Michigan and Michigan State had no interest. Right. He drops down to Cincinnati, and he's immediately an All-American. Freshman All-American, yep. Yeah, that, that tells me you can coach. Yeah. So, and look now, what he did at Notre Dame this year. I mean, oh, I know. you know, I mean, look. have a field corner, really. Right, right. And you turned Clarence Lewis into a good – and I like Clarence Lewis, but I don't – neither of us thought he was going to be a guy that could come in and be serviceable as a freshman. He needed, needed time, and he got him ready to play. Turned Nick McLeod from a guy that struggled to cover, in my opinion, at, at, at NC State into a – a really good, solid football player that now has just had two picks in the hula bowl and is trying to you know, make an NFL cash. roster. Yeah, I and, guarantee you somebody's going to yeah. take him as a free agent. And a I lot of him. that has to do with the job that Mike Mickens did this year. And so it's great to have a guy that can recruit, but at Notre Dame, you need a guy that can recruit, but you have to have a guy that can coach. And, and that's what I think makes Mike Mickens such an important aspect to this football program is I think he's already proven his chops as a recruiter, but – He's as he's as good of a coach as a recruiter, if not better. That's incredibly important at a place like Notre Dame. Yeah, you're going to take more developmental guys right. than you are five star guys at corner. Right. So the recruiting acumen, while noted, he's going to have to coach guys mm-hmm. up that may have played receiver or running back or played high school quarterback or whatever, and move them. Notre Dame mm-hmm. did that under Holtz. Tom Carter yeah. was a first round draft pick. He played quarterback at Lakewood High School in St. Petersburg. Quarterback. So if you've mm-hmm. got skill and you're willing to learn, you just got to have the coach in front of you. Mickens has proven he can do that. Let me so ask I'm you this question, Brian, uh, along those lines. Would you be as excited about this cornerback class if they didn't have a proven coach that could take that long, raw player? Would you, If he was just more of a recruiter, would you still be as excited about this class or would you be a little skeptical about whether or not they could develop those guys? I wouldn't be skeptical. I'd be very concerned. Okay. You have to take just raw, I'm just better than you players at corner unless you've mm-hmm. got an elite coach. Because mm-hmm. as we saw, even teams like, look at the game earlier this year, Indiana versus Ohio State. Ohio State mm-hmm. has DBs, mm-hmm. not debating it. But Indiana, unusually, had two receivers that are going to get paid, and mm-hmm. they just smoked Ohio State. You're going to have days where the other guy's just hot, the quarterback got hot. You're going to need some talent. You're going to need adjustment. You're going to need everything. Ohio State got lucky to win that game, kind of like Notre Dame got lucky against the You're going to have days off. You're going to need ways to find the cornerback coach that's going to motivate a guy this way, a different guy, change the, change the position around, do whatever. He's done it at Cincinnati, and it's harder there, not picking on that program, but they mm-hmm. don't get as many good players as Notre Dame does traditionally. I know their defense this year was very, very good, but he's got more pieces to work with. So he's going to get a few more studs anyway. But I'm glad that he can do both things because right. we're again we're not going to get the same kids Clemson is most years. Right. So you got to coach them up. Part of the reason Cincinnati was so good the last two years was how experienced they were. But the one yeah. position where they weren't experienced was corner, especially yeah. in 2019 when Gardner was a freshman. And again, I think that speaks volumes to ha- volume to how effective he is as a coach. And and as you said, at Notre Dame you cannot have a coach who can't recruit, but you can even. It's even more important to have a guy that can coach. Yeah, Notre and I Dame think, needs to win with junior, yeah. seniors, and fifth-year seniors right. far more than LSU they, or Alabama. Yeah, there are other places that are going to recruit to the level where they they don't necessarily need a running backs coach that is the world's greatest 
position coach. They just Have you don't. Seen LSU's running back. Right, Charlotte? exactly. Notre Dame needs guys that can do both, and, right. and that's the reality. And I think when, and I think the thing that helps the program big picture is when guys like Mickens and Freeman get hired, and then they do both so well. I think it says to you know, it should say to Brian Kelly, it should say to fans that hey, it has always been a staff problem. When you have coaches, Mike, Mike, you know, Mike Elson moves back to the defensive line after the 2016 season, and all of a sudden Notre Dame's landing future NFL players on the defensive line year after year after year after year it's after us time. listening for a decade about how they oh, can't land, can't anybody, you know, right. defensive ends, yeah. you know, and and now it's, it's like, you know, it's the same thing you, when you look at when you look at uh, safety recruiting. You know, Mike Elko shows up and bam, they start getting really talented safeties, and then he leaves, and all of a sudden it's a struggle again. You know, it it, it, it is a it's coaching, about, it's a staff thing. It's about yeah. the person, it's not the school. Yeah. I, I can't say that enough. Yeah. Certain guys like recruiting, yeah. certain guys tolerate it. Oh. And usually, most guys tolerate because they don't want to be away from their family, their kids yeah. and all that. If you're yeah. a really good recruiter, chances are your wife isn't happy with you. That's <laughs> well, just true. It's just true. And, I won't get into too much personal detail, but the things that I know of, the, the wives of the coaches on defense – they're about as you're about as lucky as you can get as you know the perfect coaches' wives, and, and that's a hard that is a hard thing to do. Oh yeah, and and so that is an important thing. And I'll I'll tell you what, Brian, I'm excited to see what Notre Dame can do on defense the next two years from a recruiting standpoint if they hire Kerry Cooks uh, as the safeties coach. Because if you get Kerry Cooks, Marcus Freeman, Mike Elson, and, and Mike Mickens all coaching and recruiting. That is going to be very interesting to see because I thought Kerry Cooks was a good recruiter. He became a good recruiter at Notre Dame. When you look right. at his last couple of classes, getting Cole Luke, getting Nick Watkins, uh, he he was a he was involved very early on on getting Sean Crawford uh, in the mix. And then I think when he went to Oklahoma, I think he raised his recruiting game even more. And now he comes back to me uh, as a guy that could potentially be a, a dynamic hire when you, especially when you put him in the same on the same staff with a guy like Marcus Freeman because oh, yeah, because he can be the closer for you. Correct. And Notre Dame hasn't ha- other than Mike Elko. I don't know if Notre Dame has had that they closer have. at recruiter. I mean, Clark Lee was a great coach. He wasn't a great recruiter. He just look at the last two classes. He's very average. Right. Yeah. And, and he, they got guys because of the defense he put on the field, not necessarily the job he did as recruiter. Bob Diaco, his last couple of years had kind of checked out from recruiting. Um, it was a, assistance had to carry the load. Now you have a defensive coordinator that's going to, if not work as hard, you know he's going to set the bar for how hard you need to work as a recruiter, and I think that could be big time. So I'm very curious to see if if the impact on the recruiting trail is going to be what I think it's going to be, and we've already seen it with step one from Mike Micken. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Well, Cooks is working in Texas, I would assume, if he's hired. And they've mm-hmm. offered a ton of kids in Texas this year for 22 already, mm-hmm. which leads me mm-hmm. to believe he's involved with about because he knows right. all the coaches down there. Right. You know, it's, it's I would assume that's who it's going to be. Yeah. If it's not, he's helping. So mm-hmm. he's already made an impact from that perspective. And he's recruited Notre in Dame Louisiana. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and that's another he state where. Right. Right. Sure. So I, I think this is going to be a, this. That would be a very, very intriguing hire. So anyway, that's going to do it for this show. Obviously, talking about the 2021 Notre Dame cornerback class. Make sure you stay locked in all week. We're going to have different recruiting podcasts. We're going to break down the 2021 class that is going to be officially signed uh, tomorrow on Wednesday, which is the final signing day. 
going to be a relatively quiet day for Notre Dame. Brian, you and I will have plenty coming up over the next few weeks at Irish Breakdown talking about uh, just the the 2022 board. There's a lot of talented athletes on the board, and it's grown quite a bit since Marcus Freeman uh, arrived on campus. So it's going to be an interesting period in that regards. And there's now talk that April could – we could see some sort of – quiet period uh in april which means kids could potentially visit and do some things unofficially and so it's going to be interesting to see if they actually do that how that's going to look how that's going to work um it's going to be intriguing but if notre dame can start getting some of these kids on campus here april may and june it's going to be huge uh for the program and huge for the staff absolutely it's been over a year think about it it'll be over a year since they've had a kid yeah visit that's crazy right now you and I both know they've had plenty. Everyone's had plenty of kids on campus, but you can't. You know, it's you almost like a. You can't even you know, have an academic yeah, with them. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Yeah, they can't meet with anybody. And they just check out the campus, see if they like the community. Oh, you know, yeah. things like that, and and that's it. So it's 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 and that's again that's what makes it so impressive the job that Mike Mickens did this year because that's the environment in which he just landed arguably the best cornerback class Notre Dame has had in the last. 10 plus years. So that's going to do it for us. Uh, Brian Smith, thank you for joining us. Tell people how they can find you on Twitter because you have a podcast. You cover Florida recruiting. You obviously talk a lot about Notre Dame. So let the folks know where they can find you. Yeah, my Twitter handle is FBScout underscore Florida. Uh, I cover mostly the state of Florida and Georgia. I'm going to seven on seven tournaments every weekend. So there's actually some kids that Notre Dame's getting after Mm -hmm. in the 22 and 23 classes in Florida. All of a sudden, they're more active, not just defensively. Um, it's it's amazing when you've got guys that want to recruit. But mm-hmm. Anthony Joseph's a kid you're going to hear about. He's the closest thing to the rocket I can remember Notre Dame recruiting in a long time. He's from Miami Edison, etc. It's it's a lot of fun, and I get to see the kids up close because of where I live. It's football hotbed, man. This this it's great down here. So I put stuff up every day. FB Scout, as in football scout underscore Florida. You can find him on Twitter. Yep. He puts his podcast on there. So whenever he puts a podcast up, and of course, he'll be joining us uh, throughout this recruiting period to talk. Because deep down in, in this heart of hearts, Brian is still a Notre Dame guy. So yeah, that is true. Uh, we, <laughs> we, will, that is true. we will have you back on with us. Make sure you are subscribed to our podcast, uh, Irish Breakdown Podcast. And however you get your podcast, we also have created a landing page for all of our podcasts as they are put up. You will find it on the top left, the uh, little search thing at the top left of the Irish Breakdown website, whether it's on social or your desktop. Hit that those three bars at the top left. It'll you'll bring up the the uh, the the page where you can see the different the different options. Just click on the Irish Breakdown podcast. You can find it there. And of course, we have this past week launched our YouTube channel. Uh, we have seen tremendous growth there. We're very excited about that. So make sure you're checking out our YouTube page and subscribe to our YouTube page. And as always, make sure you are locked into irishbreakdown.com. So for Brian Smith, I'm Brian Driscoll. Thanks for being with us. And we will talk to you again soon.
whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.